Russellville.com presents the book Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric. Hear how he was discovered, what happened when he was at World Class, and the adventures he had when he left Dallas. Also available, the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1 and 2. Read stories of the Northern Wrestling Federation, Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Thunder Rosa, Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, PJ Black, Bushwhacker Luke, The Fantastics, Ricky Morton, Scott Casey, Tim Storm, Kamala, Sauronaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Andrew Anderson, and many more. Get your books today at Russellville.com. It's It's where wrestling lives. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, the world-renowned master of disaster, the blood tourist, Lou King Sharp, and you are listening to Wrestleville Podcast, and that is where wrestling lives. And for this episode, wrestling lives right here in Vice City, Glasgow. to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Lou King Sharp, professional wrestler of nine years from Scotland. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm from Glasgow, Scotland. I've been, been wrestling on the the European scene and the, the world scene to some extent for, for nine years. And I thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to, to meeting your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm uh, interested in hearing some of your stories. Um, you know, you've been wrestling for nine years. Have you always been a fan of professional wrestling? Have you always, uh, you know, taken a liking to it? Or how, how was it introduced to you? Um, so I, I, can't, I can't really remember a time where I didn't watch professional wrestling. Um, I mean, I've 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 told the, the the story a million times. It was my my uncle that introduced me to it. I am the first ever wrestling that I actually seen was a wee bit different for, for everybody else. So at least my earliest memory of wrestling um is ECW as opposed to the kind of standard WWE experience. But I remember seeing Sabu putting himself through a table on an ECW DVD um that my that my uncle had been watching, um and yeah that I was just sort of encapsulated by that at first. Um, obviously, I was far too young to to be watching ECW. So since I liked that, he, he introduced me to um to WWE, and I was sort of instantly, you know, encapsulated by the likes of like Rey Mysterio and the Hurricane and stuff. Um, everybody everybody talks about how pro wrestlers are real life superheroes, but I feel like the guys with the masks are that even more so. Um, as a kid who liked you know comic books and Spider Man and this sort of stuff. Um, I that I was I was definitely drawn towards those those kind of characters, um, especially like seeing seeing smaller guys on there as well. Um, you know the the likes of Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Hurricane, these kind of guys. Um, I was just it was it was cool to see um smaller guys that I could I could relate to a bit more as well. Um, and I just the whole sort of larger than life aspect of it and stuff always always drew me in. So I can I I I can't even remember a time where I didn't want to be a wrestler. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I grew up watching wrestling uh, when I moved to Dallas, Texas. And the wrestling that was on television then was the World Class Championship Wrestling. Awesome. Did you did you get that in your? No, so we we, we didn't we didn't um, get w, uh, WCCW over um, in the in the UK. No, I think at that time in the UK, um, this is obviously well bef- well before my time, but. Um, 
I believe it was it would have been World of Sport and World of Sport WCW and WWF on like a kind of three week rotation. So one week you'd get WWE, next week World of Sport, that sort of thing. Um, but I don't I don't think World Class was ever was ever shown here. Um, obviously I kind of grew up in like the internet age though, so I was lucky in that that sort of that capacity where I can go back and you know watch this sort of stuff. And then obviously now you've got WWE Network and all that sort of stuff, but. I've always been a, a wee bit of a, a wrestling historian myself, so I have, I have enjoyed, you know, going back and looking at that sort of stuff. Yeah, I I go back from time to time to watch the old world class wrestling shows, and and they still stand up today in my in my book. You know, I mean, you can't. Uh, when I go back and watch them, I I think they're I I think the work they did was timeless. Absolutely, like I, I, feel like that whole that whole era in wrestling was just was just incredible. I um, like even the, the pretty much the whole the whole the whole of the South really was 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 on fire. Obviously, especially um, and in, in Texas, but the one one that I've always really been really interested in was Memphis. Um, that is, that was always the one that, that really encapsulated me. Um, I love Andy Kaufman, um, Jerry Lawler, that sort of stuff. Um, but I proper proper southern wrestling is <laughs> always always been something that I've that I've liked. It feels it feels grittier. Especially world world class is a is as a perfect example. I think world world class always like if you watch a world class show and a, a WWF show from the you know the same sort of time, world class is a I kind of has got grit to it. You know what I mean? Right, right. When you were a kid. Growing up in Scotland, who was who were the wrestlers back in your day that you would watch? So, main mainly, um, obviously WWE and stuff. But I, I was always drawn to British wrestling as well. Um, and there was one PW um was on TV here. We had the wrestling channel. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, but that that was that was a, a brilliant time to be a wrestling fan. So the wrestling channel had. A wee bit of everything. Although I suppose world world class, I think was on. I'm pretty sure world class was on the wrestling channel. Obviously, that's years after. Um, you know they're sort of showing old footage and stuff. But I feel like it was on there. Um, but that had a lot of British wrestling. It had one PW, it had FWA, and that sort of stuff. And so I suppose the first sort of British wrestlers that I would have seen, the likes of like um BT Gun, Iceman. Um, I would I would go to to shows in Scotland as well. You had SWA, and I would go to the ICW shows. Um, as well, obviously it's pretty cool working there now after, um, being being a fan of it as a kid. Um, but a lot I mean a, a lot of the same guys that are that are on the the scene now, Wolfgang. I mean Drew Drew was around back then as well. So, I a, a lot a lot of the a lot of the same sort of Scottish guys that you see now. Scotland is a much younger scene. Um, than, you know, than a than a, a lot of other places in the world. So. A lot, a lot of the guys I grew up watching are, are still are still gone, so I'm trying pretty lucky in that extent. Um, but I think that I'd say the main sort of promotion from the UK that I watched growing up would have been would have been one PW. I um, I think that drew me in because they had you know like Christian Cage, they had Abyss, um, all these kind of guys that I was watching on TNA and the stuff you know the American stuff that I was used to. Um, but then so like, hold on, these guys are on shows here. These guys are wrestling in England. AJ Styles, people like this. So. Um. Yeah, getting to see those kind of big stars mixed in with the the sort of British and European talent was was brilliant. How did you get involved in professional wrestling? How did you start training? And how how did that all come about? 
Um, well, I started training when I was twelve. I think I think I was I think technically eleven. I think, um, but the the uncle that had introduced me to wrestling had done some training himself. Um, he never he never you know like wrestled or anything, but he was he he'd done some training and that like because of that I'd always known about you know schools and that sort of thing. And again, as I said, I was going to the the sort of local indie shows. And he would plug the the schools um, during the breaks and all that kind of stuff. So, from <laughs> you know primary school kind of age, I was like, as soon as I'm old enough to join this school, I'm I'm gonna be there. Um, and the one the ones that I was aware of, um, I believe you had to be fourteen to join. Um, then the, I found out about the um the Premier British Wrestling Academy, and I ended up attending there. They had a I sort of they took on younger kids, and I start I started at I started at twelve years old, but <laughs> everyone else in the class in the like mid twenties, early thirties, and stuff. So it was it was pretty intimidating um, as as such a young kid. But um, I the PBW Academy was my was my introduction to um, to sort of training and stuff, and I just all already took off there. Did you find that when you were twelve years old? Did you find that you outlasted some of the twenty-year-old guys that were in the training school? Yeah, definitely. Um, so a lot, a lot of the the guys that I started with are are, are gone now. Um, they, I mean, they, it's not like they just disappeared. They lasted a couple of years at least. Um, but yeah, most of the, most of those guys that, that were there when I started are gone now. There's still, the, you know, a few. That are around um, Frank Tross, um, Suki Bali, Kenny Williams. Um, that it was, you know, a, a few that, that started training with myself, obviously, Krieger as well. Um, but I, I definitely, even though I was the, the youngest guy there, I seem to have, have outlasted them. So still, still standing. <laughs> Do you find that um, wrestling has a way of kind of weeding, weeding people out, right? I mean, the travel. The money. Oh yeah. Like you, you need you need to you need to really, really want it. Um and I kinda I try and instill that in, in my own trainees. Um if you if you're getting into it for the money, then you you you're getting into the wrong business. Um independent there's there's not a lot of money in independent wrestling. Um as you mentioned, the travel. Um you need to you need to sort of be willing to you know, even even at an independent level uh, or a, a student level, you need to at the very least be willing to give up your weekends, which is you know, for most people that's that's the social time. That's the time where usually you would maybe be going out and spending time with your friends, spending time with your girlfriend, family, whatever else. But if you want to be if you want to be a wrestler, then you need to, you know, you need to, you need to be out working. You need to be taking dates and people. Especially, you know, in Europe and the UK, at least, um, they aren't running midweek shows as often, and I, uh, you know, your your weekends are are ninety percent of the time are, are totally totally sort of gone. So, you're sacrificing all that that sort of time. Obviously, the wear and tear that it takes on your body as well. Like, you can, as I said, these guys they didn't just disappear; they lasted a couple of years, but. Even a couple of years of wear and tear is enough for people to be like, you know what, this is just this is just getting a bit much, and I'd rather you know play football or do something else. You know what I mean? Get an office job. Um, but I, 
you, if if you really if you really want it and you're you're dedicated to it and this is this is what you do, then it can also be very rewarding at the at the same time. I mean, like I always tell my trainees, I've I've wrestling's allowed me to see the world parts of the world that I would never I would never have ever went to, I would never have even thought of going to. I got to see because of wrestling, but to get to be in that position, you got you know I had to I had to sacrifice you know quite a lot. You know, as as I said, both really sort of physically and then mentally, socially, all that kind of stuff as well. So, I definitely, definitely does have its way of we weeding out people who maybe don't want it as much as they as they thought they did. But if uh, if you really do want it, then I I think it's the most rewarding job in the world. You know, you said that wrestling has allowed you to see different parts of the world that you never would have seen before. Name some of those places and some of the places that you get to travel. Um, so like right now, um, I'm regularly traveling to Scandinavia, and I'd, I, I would, I would just never have, have thought to have, to have gone there. Um, but f- through the sort of connections from my training school, they had connections to a, a school in Denmark, um, and from that, that's sort of, I ended up leading to to work in Denmark and Sweden, Norway, Finland, all that kind of place. Um, later on, got, got to go to to Italy. Um, went to to the States. Um, as we were, we were speaking about before we started recording, the a couple of shows in in Florida. I think I always would have, would have went to America, you know, even just to just to visit. But um, I, th- I think the biggest one was was China. Um, as much as it, I've always thought it's a very interesting place. I don't know if it's necessarily somewhere that I would have. I would have said, yeah, I'm gonna go and live in China for three months. Um, but yeah, that was that was a, a life experience that that wrestling that wrestling brought me. I'm not, you know, I don't I don't have like a trade, I, you know, like a, a, any of that sort of stuff. So, you know, uh, a shoot job, if you will, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily have brought me that opportunity. But but wrestling has. Right, right. And how long were you in China? Uh, so it was three months that I, that I was in that was in Shanghai. Wow, wow that that sounds like a that lo- sounds like a lengthy stay. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a culture shock. So I was working for um, OWE, um, so they had uh, people probably most familiar with them um, through SEMA and the Stronghearts who were on AEW like very early AEW, and then they had they had like a sort of they'd announced like a working relationship with him and stuff. A British guy was kind of working as like, I guess like a talent scout almost for, um, for OWE. They wanted to bring in people who could basically go to China and work with the Chinese guys and let them kind of, kind of learn the British style from working alongside us. But yeah, China is, uh, it's a completely different world altogether. Um, one of the, one of the things that was really interesting about it though is I've always, you know, as I was saying, I've, I've always been into like kind of Memphis and that kind of stuff. So like old old school wrestling when when people really believed it and people, you know, that it was it was it was real to them. Um, and I think China might be one of the very last places in the world where it is still like that. People because it's so new there. It's literally you know the last 10, 10 20 years is when most of the the kind of shows that have happened there have, have been going on. Um, so I people people are totally new to the to the concept of wrestling, and even WWE doesn't have much of a 
much of a presence there. Um, so people people really do still get invested in it. To me, it, it kind of felt like going back in time, you know, like Puerto Rico or one of the, one of the one of the territories because people got really really hot about it. Um, I remember, and it, it sounds like like to me and you obviously have seen a million wrestling shows. It sounds so like such a such a simple sort of spot, but basically the the two Chinese guys went over on myself and my tag partner Rob Sharp, um, and they're celebrating, and we were gonna get a heat back after the match, so we started beating them beating them down with a chair, <laughs> and in the, like the space of like two minutes, I've had like I, I just see this fist flying past my face, this big fat Chinese guy <laughs> trying to smack me, and I've like you know just instinct just flinched you know and he flew past me there's another guy sort of jumped and lunged at me one of the security managed to get him and then eventually they were like nah get backstage so they, they carted me and Rob Sharp backstage um, I've tried to you know we've got changed whatever else and I've tried to, to nip out for a quick smoke just sort of during the break um, but the bookers sort of rushed us back um, basically Told us that there's people waiting outside for us. They're really angry, all this kind of stuff. Um, we, like I'm thinking, like a couple, maybe one or two guys. Um, and I kind of shrug off, and we go back. And after the show, we are basically we live walking distance from the from the venue. Um, so we're we're trying to go home, and again the bookers like, no, you guys can't leave because there's a crowd of people outside, and they're they're still waiting for you. Um, so there's like an elevator they got a big window next to it and sure enough we look outside and there's like, this whole like, crowd of folk waiting there and, and you and your partner would kind of stick out like a sore thumb over there I would guess so yeah absolutely Rob Rob was like six six foot odd with, with pink hair um, so, so I they, we, we wouldn't be wouldn't be hard to find um, but yeah we basically had to to hang about the venue for a few hours until they sort of dispersed but but do you find that complimentary to a degree? It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because um, we're we're obviously doing something right. Like the the whole the whole idea is to to sort of suspend belief for for a bit, and we obviously we obviously achieved that. Um, as I was saying, I always really liked um like old school wrestling. One of the, one of the reasons I was attracted to it is because people really believed in it. Um, and I feel like. There's so much more emotion in it when people when people are invested like that, um. And I so it was we we done a job and got exactly the kind of reaction any wrestler should be looking for. Right, absolutely. That was your your trip to China. What was your trip to United States like? How long you were you there? What year do you remember that you traveled? I, so I believe I believe it was two thousand eight. 18. Um, I didn't. I didn't get to spend as long in in America as um as a as I would have liked. Um, I worked on the first show was like a kind of dojo show, um where I worked a Serpentico, um from AEW. Um, so that that was a that was a cool match that's available on my on my YouTube as well. If anyone wants to check out, that's my US debut. And um, so I was lucky um to obviously to get to to share a ring with a ring with having my first my first match in America. Um, I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, the dream's obviously always been to, to be a wrestler. So getting to to wrestle in the south was was cool. Um, and then yeah, after that I worked for ARW Atomic Revolution Wrestling in Florida. 
um, for for Alex Red, and I had, I had a lot of fun on that show. Um, they had this. It kind of felt like, you know, for a for a foreigner at least, it, it felt like getting to to work like one of those like kind of ECW kind of style shows with the with the guys that were on it. Um, so they had that that was that was cool. Um, really sort of like rough kind of rowdy crowd as well, which is exactly you know right up my street. Um, and I so that was that was the only two matches that I got to do in America. Um, the Samoans had contacted me about going to WXW in Georgia. Um, but I had injured my ribs in the ARW match, so I wasn't able to do that. It was a bit of a gutter. Um, obviously, I think anyone should should want to want to work and, and learn from the from the Wild Samoans. But that was that was the only two matches that I got to do in the states. Hopefully, I am um, I want to go to the to the states next year. I am um, as I was talking about earlier, Memphis has always been a a big sort of inspiration point for me. So getting to to wrestle in Memphis would be amazing. Um, Texas would be would be brilliant as well. Um, obviously you got um TSW there as well, and it's really getting getting a lot bigger. Um, so that's somewhere that I would I would like to hopefully maybe get some dates for in the future. Um, and I just I really I I just want to work all over America. I'd love to you know eventually go full time in the states or something like that. Um, you know not, not for I don't I don't really think for any particular promotion. I just want to. Be a big American wrestler, <laughs> um. But I yeah, just I'd I'd, I'd like to definitely like to to get more same stateside next year. Yeah, that would be nice for you to be able to come over here and and to experience the scene. You know, to maybe go to a couple different states. There's a lot of wrestling. I I'm from Texas. I live in Texas. Yeah, there's a lot of wrestling in Texas. No, I I can even like you know even even from an outsider you you can you can see that you know it really puts into perspective just how tiny our scene really is, um when you know just just one state in in the US has <laughs> tenfold the number of promotions that that we have, um and I would you know it would be it'd be ideal to get to to go out there and just as you said experience the scene and experience the 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 style you know I mean I've as I keep saying Memphis is a is a big inspiration point but I think that there, there is uh I think Southern wrestling is it's it's its own style there's a kind of as I was talking about earlier with that kind of grip like there's a there's a more kind of brawlery based aspect to it, at least in my opinion from from what from an from an outsider's perspective it seems it seems more fight based uh, there's a lot a lot more you know you see a lot more punches thrown and it, it just it feels it feels a lot realer um so i that's that's something that i would always try and incorporate that sort of style into my own matches obviously from what i what i see watching watching it back and, and watching it from abroad but getting to go over and you know do that with the people who do it on the regular and do it in front of in front of people who see it on the regular would not only would it be an experience, but it'd be a test as well. It would be a test to, to my to my own ability. When you're watching wrestling from the United States, is there a particular wrestler that you like to watch from over here? Is there, you know, would you say that is there a particular wrestler that you might like like their style or you like how they work? Is there somebody like that for you over here? I'd say that um, in terms in terms of um 
American wrestlers, uh, well, just just in general, my 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 favorite wrestler ever since I was a kid was always Sabu. Um, just that that totally sort of reckless style. I am, you know, just bottle balls to the wall constantly. Um, that that always really appealed to me. Um, pulling it back more towards um what we're talking about the sort of southern style. Um, recently I've been watching a lot of a lot of Tracy Smothers. He was you know just on another level in my opinion. Um, and he's he did a lot of work in the in the UK as well. I was talking about um, one PW earlier. Um, that was my that was my first exposure to Tracy Smothers. Um, the you know, the dancing is staying alive and um dance offs and all that sort of stuff that he did in one PW was obviously a wee bit different from the the wild eyed southern boy that you you seen in um like you know Smoky Mountain and that sort of stuff. But um, I Sabu and, and Tracy Smothers I would say are my two sort of main. Sabu's always been a big main like sort of inspiration for me, but but right now that's 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 my two guys that I've been I've been studying a lot. Yeah, I saw a match uh, of Tracy Smothers, and right now I can't think of the name of his opponent, but it was Smoky Mountain match, and uh, it was like a it was a bull rope match, and these guys okay. had the bull rope. Uh, I believe it was tied around their neck. Uh, let me tell you something, man. That thing was off the charts. I I mean, I was just, I, I couldn't believe that the the match was a five-star easy. Yeah, like, I, I feel like that, as I was saying earlier, that, that, whole, that whole time in wrestling, there's just, there, there was, there was something special about it. And it was, it was because of the, the guys that you had back then, like guys like Tracy Smothers is just, there's there's something missing from wrestling nowadays in my opinion um and it, it it's guys like that obviously you've got you know people who can you know athletes like um they can they can do stuff that you know people years ago could only have could only have dreamed of but the way people back then connected with with the audience um and you know just totally draw you in um is i i feel like you, you don't you don't really get that now um, or at least not not as as much. It's not as it's not as common. I feel like every 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 territory had the the guy like that. You know what I mean. Whereas now they're now they're kind of rare. But um, I I'd, I'd 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 like to to see a wee bit a wee bit more of that in, in modern wrestling as well. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed uh, like some of those those gimmick matches. You know, like Dusty Rhodes would get into some of those. You know, uh, when you, where you have a bull rope in there or you have a chain or you the cage or you know something like that that was you know i i think back you know you're getting a lot of like death matches now and stuff but when you go back to those gimmick matches still they don't compare to me because uh to me that that stuff was it was off the charts for me you know what i mean i mean i i i you you talked about uh, suspended belief, and yeah. boy, I tell you, man, I saw a match one time that uh, that uh, General Akbar. Remember Skandor Akbar? Are you yeah. Sure? Okay. Okay. He was uh, he was the manager of the Super Destroyers, and uh, Iceman King Parson was their opponent. Him and another gentleman that night, and Akbar. 
threw some fire into his face. And man, that worked me up. I was about 13, 14 years old, maybe, maybe 13, 14. That just, that worked me up. And I thought, golly, how can somebody do that? You know? Isn't like as you're as you're saying about like the sort of like the deathmatch wrestling and stuff these days, like and uh, you know, it's 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 something that I do, but I feel I feel like a lot of deathmatch wrestling these days is you know, just, just doing wild stuff for the sake of doing wild stuff is you know, just hitting each other with a brick for the sake of hitting each other with a brick, whereas these kind of these kind of gimmick matches and the stuff with the with the fire that you were that you were mentioning, back then it it, it meant a lot more. You know, what I mean, there was there was a lot, there was it was a lot more thought out. There was a lot more, there was a lot more impact to, you know, that all he had to do was just throw that fire. Sorry? Right, and and when you say it, it meant a lot more, I think it meant a lot more because you didn't do that every day. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, when you're you're having a death match and you're you know you're bringing the light tubes and you're bringing the razor wire and you're bringing whatever right you know it's like yeah it 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 takes it to some place but if you're not and if you're into that style of wrestling and you're going to a lot of that i don't i don't know how you can top that right i mean it's like how do you yeah like there's uh, it's get get to the stage someone's gonna need to, someone's gonna need to get shot or you know right. the, 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 the yeah 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 um but like we said about these these gimmick matches like there was there was built to it you know what I mean there was there, there was a reason for it it was like these guys like even like not necessarily a death match but even like a bull rope match or cage or it was because these guys uh, have got such you know, heat with each other. There's so much animosity that a regular match isn't enough. They they need this now, right? So, Loser leave town. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's it's the it's the payoff to a series of so there there'd be a series of regular matches first, and then we would get that. Yeah, when uh, the Von Erichs were feuding with the Freebirds, um, are you familiar with this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when they were feuding with the Freebirds, Michael Hayes lost the match like a loser leave town match. And I can't yeah. remember how I, I don't remember what month it was, but it was like in the fall. And it was prior to Christmas. And at Christmas time, there was a Von Eric wrestling a Freebird. And uh being Christmas time, Santa Claus was walking around the ring. Well, <laughs> Santa Claus was Michael Hayes. <laughs> okay. Okay, so uh, somewhere along the line, uh, Santa Claus started kicking the Von Erich or whatever, <laughs> right? Interfering. And boy, let me tell you something. That was, that was unbelievable. You know, just the storyline in that, the things that they did, it was, I mean, that was, that, lo that loser leave town match meant something, right? Because it was already set up for the next event. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I love, I love that, <laughs> that sort of stuff as well. Like, you know, it, it, 
it, it, as much as it might feel hokey, like it, it, it makes so much sense at the same time as well. And I, I just, I, I, I love that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I just, I, I feel like, um, obviously you still get it on TV and stuff, but I feel like people at an independent level could sort of, could sort of try to pay stuff off more. You know what I mean? Rather than just doing stuff for the sake of doing it, let's let's make stuff matter again. You know what I mean? Let's let's make it mean something. And it it will it will benefit everyone in the long run, you know. It will benefit the promoters because they'll they'll make more money and interest more people. It's gonna you know storylines and stuff and you know payoffs will will, will draw people in and it will benefit the fans as well because they're gonna get a, a better overall sort of presentation. Yeah, where where I live, there's um there's some wrestlers and they'll do they'll do some high flying stuff, right? Then there's one guy that comes out. He's got a heavy set, right? And uh, he acts like a sex symbol and he'll come out and he'll, you know, you know, show half his butt or something, or he'll, he'll bend over right in front of grandma and blow her a kiss and she'll smack him on the butt, you know? And you know what? I remember all that. I'm, yeah. I'm laughing my head off, you know, I'm, I'm losing it. Right. But, you know, someone asked me, well, who jumped off the top rope? <laughs> Somebody did, but I don't know who it was. You know what I mean? It was just it was one of one of eight guys. Who who knows who it was, right? But man, you talk to me about that guy that's bending over in front of grandma and blowing kisses and you know just flirting with everybody in the room. I mean, it's it's funny and it's it's rememberable, right? It's yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, that's again something that I, I try and. I try and instill in, in my trainees at the at the dojo is like crowd interaction is gonna is gonna stick with someone a lot more than you know cool moves like it's it's like like watching a Michael Bay movie and there's just explosion 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 and someone if someone asked you about one particular explosion you wouldn't remember it because there was so many of them um but real sort of interaction with people like you're saying like um like blowing grandma a kiss and you know, getting grandma to slap him on the ass and that sort of stuff. That whole family's gonna remember that. And you know, even if that if that's the one wrestling show that they go to at Christmas dinner, three years from now, four years from now, they're gonna be like, Oh, you remember that time we went to the wrestling show and you know the, the, you know that that big dude showed grandma's ass? You know, that that's the stuff they're gonna remember. And three years from now, they're gonna, you know, they probably couldn't tell you the rest of the card. They can they can tell you who wrestled who, they can tell you what the main event was, maybe not even what the promotion was, but they remember that guy. Because he had that moment with them. If you create that moment with people, you know, as I said, even if even if they don't remember the rest of the show, they'll remember him and they'll be fans of him. You know what I mean? So when you when you make that connection with people, it it, it just again it, it benefits everyone. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I remember when he came out and he was uh, doing his antics. I just remember how hard I was laughing, you know, and it just. Um, I enjoyed it immensely, but you know, it's, yeah. that's the thing about wrestling for me is, is I like, you know, I, I know what it is. I like, you know, it just entertains me. I like the characters. I like the pageantry. I like the, the silliness of it all. I mean, you know, there's times where, uh, something will take place in wrestling right it and it'd be silly or something and i'll i'll just turn to my wife and i said 
you always ask me why I like wrestling. That is why I like wrestling, <laughs> you know. But it's just that moment, right? It's yeah, it's that moment that happens, you know. I say that is why I like it, you know. It's it, it's not all this stuff. It, it's probably all this stuff put together, right? But yeah, it's these little moments where you think that that's why, you know. And it Absolutely. could be different for somebody else. Yeah, I, I, I feel like everyone's gonna gonna have the, their own their own sort of different experiences with it. But as I was saying about having, you know, having those moments with the crowd, I feel like as as a wrestler, you should you should be trying to give people those moments because that that's that's what's gonna stick with them. It's, it's moments that matter. It's not it's not the moves. You know what I mean? Um. So I if if you can if you can give one or two people that that moment on on each each sort of gig that you do then yeah in my opinion you're doing the you're doing the right thing when you have like opportunities say maybe pay-per-view or go to another country or or you know wrestle on the network you know through icw when when you have opportunities like that television opportunities do you do you see more doors open do you feel like you know, every time you get exposure in that sense, that more doors open. It exposes us to to new audiences. Um, obviously, before before the network, ICW was always popular, and you know, people from from around the world were were watching it. But the WWE network is such a a, a huge sort of platform, um, and people, you know, if the you know, if they if they come across ICW when they scroll through social media or on YouTube or, or Facebook or whatever, they might like wrestling. But the WWE Network has, you know, well, they must have like over a million subscribers or something like that. Um, and they're they're all there already looking for wrestling. You know what I mean? So it's it's a lot easier to, I guess, to, to make new fans. Um, so I've I've definitely noticed that. And then in terms of of work, it's it's certainly helped as well. Um, these sort of promotions in places like Italy and you know Scandinavia and stuff like that as well. It's good for for them to be able to say, "Oh, we're we're gonna bring over this guy from Scotland. If you're not familiar with him, you can see him on the WWE Network." Or, um, you know, they might not have they might not have heard of me, but they've you know seen oh this this new British promotion on um WWE network will check it out and then you know can potentially lead to some work for for me or the other guys that that they see on there so it's definitely a benefit to us to to be on there and have have that platform to perform on right yeah i would i would imagine i i would think that that would be great a great opportunity no absolutely absolutely i'm WWE is Obviously, it's it's a goal for. I always say it's a goal for everybody, and then if they if they say it's not, then the line. <laughs> uh, every everyone wants to. They want to. At least you, I think you should want to. Perform your, your your art or your craft at the at the highest level possible. Um, you know, and and WWE is that, and and wrestling. That's the it's the biggest stage that you can be on. That's where you're going to reach the most people, be seen by the most eyes, and getting to to be a part as you know, even even a small part as a as an independent you know wrestler on the on the the streaming service. Even just getting to be a small part of that that sort of brand is you know brilliant. 
Absolutely. So where do you see yourself in, in say the next three years? So in, in the next three years, um, I would I would really like to as a as a wrestler, I would really like to establish myself on American TV. Um that's that's my main goal. Um again, not not fussy on you know which which promotion I would I'd like to, you know, as I said, just be be a big wrestler on TV and I any anywhere that I could that I could that I achieve that goal and reach as reach as many people as possible would be brilliant. I am um, so hopefully I am um, in three years I would be a a regular a regular feature of of American television. I am um, as a promoter. I am um, I want to take CCW from being a underground sort of Danish promotion to an underground international promotion that, that everyone can be aware of. I wanna I want everyone to you know see what we're what we're doing in Europe. Um I wanna take it out of Denmark, take it to the UK, um, take it to Sweden, take it uh, anywhere that will have us really. Um we're we're getting like some French commentary and stuff put on put on it. I'm trying to get on some some big streaming services. So I am I would hopefully also also have CCW be a regular feature of um international streaming services yeah that would be that would be neat for sure yeah absolutely so where can fans find you on social media um so you can get me on uh facebook it's just facebook.com slash looking sharp um i'm on twitter at, at looking sharp uk and that's the same for instagram if you want to check out um CCW. Um, want to check out some some Scandinavian wrestling? You can see that at CPH Wrestling One on Twitter. Um, if you want to watch some of my matches, I'm on YouTube, the Looking Sharp TV. There's playlists on there. You can see me wrestling in China. You can, I think you you might even see some footage of um of the the story that I told. Um, see me wrestling guys all over the world. Um, see the the match from America and whatnot as well. Um, and I'm also on Pro Wrestling Tees as well. Um, I don't usually plug that. Um, just because in the UK, um, it, it is absolutely extortionate to to get pro wrestling tees stuff um sent to to the UK. But if you you know your listeners, I'm I'm assuming mostly be in the states. So if anyone wants to to check that, out, I got some some cool designs on there as well. So I thank you, thank you very much for for having me on, mate. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Oh, it has it has been a lot of fun, and um. Uh... As I'm, I'm glad you you did plug your shirts because I do have listeners in China too. Oh, awesome! Excellent, excellent. So they will, they will hopefully uh, hopefully still be still be familiar with me from my from my stint there. Hopefully yeah, not too hopefully hot. They don't buy it, burn it, right? <laughs> yeah, they can they can they can, uh, they can wipe their ass with it, trash it. <laughs> they, yeah, they once do once they pay for it, it's theirs to, to do what they like with. <laughs> Lou, it has been a a, a real pleasure uh, talking with you. I had uh, a really good t- uh, conversation, really good time uh, talking wrestling with you. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you very much. As I said, I really appreciate it. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun. And I, it's been been good to, to get to, to speak to someone who is stateside and has experienced all this, this kind of stuff that, that I enjoy watching from over here. So uh, it's been, been a lot of fun. All right. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Have you 
ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The Pro Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained, Carl Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harris, and Jillian Hall. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives.